of grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, there is a difference between our Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod and other church bodies. Now, on the surface, uh, the other church bodies uh, don't have it wrong. Of course, when you come out and say, I'm a sinner, I'm going to sin, and I find mercy at the foot of the cross, all of those statements are very true, aren't they? The Bible tells us we all have sinned. We all have fallen short. You know, we, we, we confess our sins every Sunday. And we know where to go with those sins, don't we? We know to go to the foot of the cross. But we also believe, as seen in our text for today, that we ought not to sin. You see, if I just kind of throw it out there, I'm, I'm a sinner, I'm going to sin, and I find mercy at the, the foot of the, the cross, how am I ever going to change? I'm a sinner, I'm, I'm going to sin, I can come to church, you know, on, on, on Thanksgiving and Christmas and Easter, and it'll be okay because, you know, I, I can find mercy at the foot of the cross. If we, we just kind of throw it out there like that, we are going to abuse the grace that God has given us, aren't we? For in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, we believe Jesus Christ changes the people's lives. We talk about the fruits of the Spirit. Are the fruits growing? Are the fruits developing? Right, you, you know what the, the fruit is. Right? We've talked about it many times before. Right, what what is the fruit? Uh, peace, joy, love, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Against these, there is no law. Right, of, of course, these are the things that we are supposed to be experiencing. Our lives are supposed to be changing. We're supposed to be growing. If we just throw it out like, you know, I'm, I'm a sinner, I'm, I'm going to sin, I'll, I'll just go to the cross, we're liable to abuse that grace, aren't we? Because then we have an excuse, don't we? Right? And the world today is filled with excuses, isn't it? You know, why can't this thing happen? Oh, well, you know, my mom, my dad, my genetics, these other problems I, I have, I, I, I don't, I just, oh, right? The world is filled with excuses. And maybe, you know, we, we as parents indulge our children as, as they're growing up and, and they learn to you know, take advantage of, 
of excuses that they go into the public school system and, you know, everybody now has to have some kind of a, a label, you know, oh, I, I have a learning disability, so I, I maybe shouldn't even try because I can't possibly do as well as other people in the classroom. Or, you know, I have an attention deficit disorder, so you can't expect me to sit still and, and behave. Or, oh, I have all these other difficulties going on in, in my life or in my family's a wreck or I have these problems. You know, maybe when we still get into the workforce, you know, then there's finally an employer that says, you know what, you need to come to work if you're going to get paid. Maybe, maybe that's still in effect. But there's a lot of areas in people's lives where they're just throwing out those excuses. I don't have to change, right? And again, if I just say, I, I'm, I'm a sinner, I'm going to sin, you know, just accept it, right? It's going to happen. And I claim that mercy I find at the foot of the cross, I never have to make a change. But we've talked about the what does it take for us to really change, right? It, it, it takes from the simplest to the most complex behavior, uh, that idea, you know, something must change. But right? I'm out there working on that old rusty truck, you know. And it is hard and the parts have fallen apart and they're, you know, fused together and my wrench slips. And I tear a bunch of skin off my knuckles and maybe even break something in my hand. Boom. And out come those words. Breaking the commandment of the Lord, right? I take the Lord's name in vain. For us in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, we, we often have said, you, you know what, if that's what happened, something must change. What do you need to do? You, you need to fall on your knees. You need to come before the Lord in repentance. You need to cry out to God and, and say, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. I, I need to reflect on what happened. I need to resolve within my heart that the next time I, I'm using my wrench on an old rusty bolt and my hand slips, that I'm going to try to do better. I'm not just going to say, oh, well, I'm a sinner and I sin and I go to the foot of the cross and I guess I'll take care of it. No, something must change, right? I was with my, my group of, of friends around the water fountain and they're coming up with greater story after greater story about their neighbor. Did you hear the one about Ben? Did you hear about what Bill was doing? Did you hear what happened to Ted? Oh my. And I want to fit in with those friends and so I come up with some great grand story uh, bearing false witness against my neighbor. Right? Did you hear the one about See, I want to fit in. I, I want to feel good. I, I want to have friends. I, you know, I identify with you, right? I can tell stories too. I broke the commandment. And I go, oh, well, I'm a sinner. I sin. Maybe we'll go to church again this Christmas and get some forgiveness. No, I need to be able to reflect on what I just did, what I just said. I need to fall on my knees before the Savior. I need to be able to say, Lord, you know what? went through my mind just now. 
Lord, you, you know the, the false words that, that I just spoke. Lord, I need forgiveness. Something needs to change. I need to be different. Right? The, the second part is, you know, that, that I take responsibility for it. I don't just go, I'm, I'm a sinner, I'm going to sin. Instead, I say, I need to do better. I don't want to abuse the grace of God. I, I don't want to fall into those sins. I want to be dead to sin, right? That's what the text is talking about, right? That I would be dead to sin. I want that in my life, right? But something's got to change. I'm the one that has to change it. It's got to be me, not some outside force. Now, not that the government finally got a clue and realized how you know messed up I am, and they started sending me a monthly check with thousand dollars, so I don't even have to work anymore. Now, all those people out there, they got to change. Set me for how I am. No, you know, I'm the one that has to change it. Right? Something has to be different. I'm the one that's got to take responsibility. And finally, of, of course, because of Christ, I can. With the power of the Holy Spirit living within me, I can begin to bear fruit. That I can actually grow in peace and joy, in love, in patience, in kindness, in goodness, in gentleness, in self-control. I don't have to be that, that guy that every time the wrench slips and I, I hurt my hand, the you know, words come out as I, I curse the Lord's name. I don't have to be that person when others are gossiping around the, the water fountain. I, I have to join in so I can be, you know, one, one of the guys or one of the gals or, uh, you know, one of the people that, uh, you know, do that sort of thing. I, I, I realized something needed to change. I took responsibility. I'm the one. I'm the one that has to make the change. And then, of course, for us as Christians, right, who do we depend on? We depend on Jesus, don't we? We depend on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit living within me, right, you know, can help me. Can make it so I, I start to have, well, you know, uh, the dignity, right? Now, two, two retired mechanics like to, to get together still and, and work on their cars. And, you know, they, they had older cars. They're kind of classic cars, but, you know, they enjoyed each other's company. Um, you know, they, they relied on, on each other's competence. You know, so they get together, change the spark plugs and change the oil. And, and, and they're working to, together. And, you know, they're, well, the, the fellow's name was Bill. It's, it's not the Bill from our congregation, but I hope he doesn't mind. I, use that name, but, you know, that there was Bill, and there was Ken, and, and, and Bill and Ken are working on this car, you know, and, and, and Ken, you know, thinks that the job is done, and he reaches up, and he slams the hood of the car. And Bill says, Ken, you need to open the hood. 
And Ken says, oh, well, what do you mean? We're, we're done with the job. Why do I need to open the hood? And, and, and Bill said, look at my hands. Right? Bill still had his hands inside the fender. Right? When Ken slammed the hood. Ken is flabbergasted. He doesn't even really know how to react right away. Oh no! no what, what have I done? And it takes him even like an extra you know, thirty seconds to get the hood open because he's so flustered. Hey, he gets the hood hood open up back in, and 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 Bill walks in his house and and he says to his wife, "Honey, I think you need to take me to the hospital." Because there's a lot of skin torn off and they found out some of his fingers are broken, right? There's no way he could drive the car because his hands are, are kind of mangled now, right? His wife takes him in. So that, that's the kind of dignity that, that we're talking about, right? You, you have a kind of terrible injury. It really hurts. Some of your fingers are broken. Some of the skin is torn off your fingers. And, and instead of taking the Lord's name in vain, you know, and, and instead of, you know, a bunch of curse words coming out of your, your mouth, it, it, instead of, you know, making Ken feel about this big, uh, which he already does, because he, he knows how he messed up, right? Bill is able to just say, Ken, you need to open the hood. Honey, you need to take me to the hospital. That's the kind of change that we're talking about, you know, here today, right? As the Holy Spirit begins to enter into my life, I don't just say, woohoo, I'm going to sin and everybody sins and we all sin and I just kind of find mercy at the, the foot of the cross. Although, yes, all of those words are true, that we start to take it seriously, right? That I did that thing. I want to do better. Yes, I, I did commit that sin. I want to have more self-control. Yes, I, I, I get anxious at times when these things happen, but I want to have more patience and kindness and goodness. I, I need to be more gentle with other people. I need to exercise more self-control in my life. Something needs to change. And it's not that the, the world needs to change and accommodate me. It's rather something needs to change. I'm the one that's got to make the change. I'm the one that needs to grow. I'm the one that needs to be more patient. I'm the one that needs to exercise more kindness. I'm the one that has to have more self-control in my life and, and stop sinning. I'm the one, and because of Jesus Christ, I can make progress. Right? Because the Holy Spirit lives in me, I can do better. Everybody out there doesn't just have to take me the way I am and put up with it, but I can do God's will. 
Dear friends, I, I believe that is one of the fundamental principles that we have that is different from other denominations. When everybody else is just kind of running around going, I'm okay and you're okay, and if you go to church a couple times, we'll be okay. Now we're still saying when you sin, you need to turn. And when you sin, you need to repent. And when you sin, you need to fall on your knees and you need to cry out to God and say, I am a sinner. I need your help. Please help me. I don't want to just stay the same. Right? We want to grow, don't we? We want to be those kinds of people that are an example for others. Now, in, in closing, when I was a, a pastor over in, in North Dakota, there was a, a dear lady in our congregation. Her name was, was Glenda Hanna. And I can well remember uh, Glenda because it, it just kind of stuck in my mind. It was a, a Thanksgiving service. We had a Wednesday night service for Thanksgiving and, and I was talking to her after the service and she said, you know what, I have a lot of company coming and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm making, you know, lots of, lots of different food, but I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to eat any of it. And of course, you know, I said, well, why? What's going on? Well, you know, I, I think I just kind of have the flu or something like that. You know, my, my stomach, you know, just, just isn't feeling well and I'm, I'm getting a little bit nervous because so many people are coming and I have a lot to do, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to do my best. And, and by Christmas, she, she's in the hospital, and, and she's dying of cancer. The, the cancer moved that fast. Right, where, you know, th Thanksgiving, she's feeling a, a little bit sick. You know, by Christmas, um, she's hospitalized. And it, it was, you know, real snowy like it usually is at that time of year. And after the, you know, Christmas Eve service, I, I jumped in my old Suburban. You know, it's got four-wheel drive, and... I can go through all the snow and that. And I, I made it up to Fargo to the hospital to uh, be able to visit with her. And I thought, you know, okay, walking in the door, what, you know, is this going to be like, you know? And I, I walked in and she asked how I was doing. I said to myself, you know, I've, I've come all the, this, you know, way to, to minister to this dear lady. And the first thing she asked about is, how am I? She's thinking about me. And, you know, we had a very pleasant, you know, visit and she wasn't, you know, blaming God for her circumstance or feeling sorry for herself in any way. And, you know, she's trying to, you know, lift up my spirits, you know, because it's Christmas. And other people from the congregation also had gone to visit her at various times and they reported the exact same thing. Right here is this dear woman. She's dying in the hospital. And she takes the time to make me feel better. To make me feel special. And, and, and yeah, that week after Christmas, she passed away. But dear friends, isn't that where we want to get to? Or other people going through hard and desperate times would be able to come to us and they would be lifted up. 
or that, that they would feel better. That they would come to us for advice. That, that they would say, you know what? You went through a hard time and I'm going through that same kind of thing. What did you do? And then we can say, I went to the Lord. The Lord lifted me up when I was desperate. The Lord sustained me when I didn't know where the next paycheck would come from. The Lord held me in his arms when my heart felt broken. The Lord carried me through that time when I was desperate. It was the Lord who took care of me. The maker of heaven and earth. The Bible says, He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. He loves you so much. He wants good things for you. But yeah, in this world, there's going to be trouble, right? In, in this world, Adam and Eve invited Satan to be able to come and be a part of the, the management team. In this world, sin ruins things. In this world, we now have no thorns and thistles when we work. We have to earn our bread by the sweat of our brow. We have to, to struggle at times. There's pain in childbirth as a result of sin. We have conflicts. We have headaches. We have difficulties. And the Lord will see us through all of those things. See, that's the message that we have, isn't it? It's not just, oh, well, you know, I sin and you sin and we're all going to sin and let's just kind of go to the cross once in a while. But the message is, because of Jesus Christ, we can change. Because of our Lord, we can grow. Because God has given the gifts, we can have patience, and kindness, and goodness, and gentleness. We can learn self-control. We can be changed by our contact with Jesus. Amen. And may the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds, now and always. Amen.